Is your democracy flaccid? Trouble maintaining a strong coalition? Tired of the parade of disappointing performances? Then you might be one of the 330 million Americans suffering from electile dysfunction. I get all excited about a new bill. The debate gets all hot and heated. We'll move things to the floor. And right when we're about to achieve a joint resolution, bam. Total government shutdown. Premature capitulation. I don't know, every time I get an election, I think maybe this time will be different. Filibusting just doesn't make me feel good anymore. It's embarrassing, okay? Fortunately, there's the Freedom to Vote Act. The Freedom to Vote Act? What's the Freedom to Vote Act? The Freedom to Vote Act, what does that mean? The Freedom to Vote Act ends your tired, sagging, floppy relationship with politics by making Election Day a holiday across the country, banning gerrymandering, expanding voter access, increasing integrity, blocking foreign interference, empowering everyday citizens, and healing our democracy. Now my election is rock solid, and it works everywhere. Oh, it works everywhere. And it's safe. It used to take me forever to find the location. To, to vote. vote. <laughs> but with the FTVA, we have all day to get to the polls. And it only takes two minutes. Which I prefer, honestly. She really does. The Freedom to Vote Act is only for democracies healthy enough for electoral activity. Talk to your representative if you are experiencing greased palms, lined pockets, dictators, neo-fascists, or other pre-existing conditions, as you may not be healthy enough for the FTVA. Passing FTVA may cause an increase in being heard, power, a full expression of your inalienable rights, representation, and a rare federal condition called accountability. If you experience voting lines that last over four hours, call your senator, as they have not passed the FTVA. Talk to your senator about the Freedom to Vote Act and demand safer and more satisfying elections today. Democracy is under attack, and voting rights are threatened. We desperately need to reach out to middle America if we are to heal the divisions that are fueling the authoritarian takeover of America. On Saturday, December 4th, at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, I will be hosting a live discussion about real messaging to save democracy. We will be talking about messaging that is really designed to reach moderates and those on the near right. Much of the messaging we hear is by progressives for progressives. We are the target audience. To win this battle, we will need to reach those in the middle. The messaging we are discussing is designed to be used to actually reach moderates and conservatives. It should also help with friends and family who have gone down the propaganda rabbit hole. It may not change everyone, but it may soften the resistance. The meeting will be recorded and released as a podcast. This way, we will be reaching more people and creating counter-propaganda to counter all the false propaganda. 
Come and join our community of pro-democracy activists. To register, go to tinyurl.com slash realmessaging to save democracy. I thought the book was warning people that democracy is greatly at risk because people are not looking at the facts. They're just using emotion, which is really what happened in Germany in the 1930s. And this is a warning that if you don't act out now to stop the lack of democracy, we're going to be in big trouble. Reporting, a DC Mayor Muriel Bowser first called Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy to ask for help at 1.34 p.m. It looks now like the Capitol the police. Yeah, now, Pete, let me break away from you a second because things are happening very quickly. According to your written testimony, you were, quote, aware that demonstrators had breached the Capitol. Yeah, it's just exactly the way it happened in Germany. People need to really take a look at that. I agree with you. I think we're all in the same mind. Otherwise, That's why it was called peril. He didn't, he didn't talk about January 6th, he talked about peril. Yeah, but he's a national treasure as far as I'm concerned, he and Carl Bernstein. And of course, Robert Costa, who's reading, uh, who wrote the, this book with him. He's written three books about Trump. Yes, but this Fear, one, rage, and peril. But this book is significant because he is saying that elected officials such as McConnell or McCarthy are not heedful of democracy and the necessity to put <clears throat> law first. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you all the way. We're in, in peril, exactly. I'm in panic mode. I do a lot of phone banking for uh, the governor of Virginia recently. I, I totally agree with you. There's a lot of people that want to overthrow our government. It's not just Trump. Yeah. Well, you have to put this whole situation in the context of the Republican Party's efforts to uh, gerrymander and limit voting over the last decade, even even before Trump. All Trump is really doing is taking advantage of the Republican authoritarian uh, impulse. And uh, it's not going to go away, even if Trump does. So the, yeah. what's important is uh, I was in Washington this week marching in support of and getting arrested for uh, the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Advancement Act and the Freedom to Vote Act. What's important is people have to understand that Article 1.4 of the Constitution says that if Congress doesn't act, then the state legislature shall control the times, places, and manner of voting. So it's essential that we overcome the 33 pieces of legislation already passed and the 400 that are in the 
Hopper by Republican yeah. uh, trifecta states. And if we don't act now, we will have lost all of our democracy. This is the most critical time in American history and the people don't understand it. And Virginia did not understand that they had had a, the rights of the people had been advanced uh, and now back to corporate power. I think we have to be very, very careful because I, I feel we're in a fascistic nature. I well, the problem, of course, we're trying to get that voting acts passed. And um, as long as that Senate, um, they don't do something with the filibuster, nothing's going to get passed. Yeah, that's correct. I don't know what's wrong with the Republic. I mean, the Democratic Party that they don't really take a um, do that. I don't think it's even constitutional if where their party's in power. Uh, yes, um, but your constitution is going to be controlled. But what is constitutional? by the Roberts court and the Roberts has stated in Ruth and Russo and in so many of its, its cases that if where Congress has the opportunity to act and hasn't acted, the Supreme Court is not gonna step in and, and overturn an equal part of our government, which quote is states and the states rights. Right. Alice, I think you understand uh, yeah, this pretty yeah, well. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the executive director of National Voter Corps, and I have absorbed this since 2016. I'm a computer lawyer, and I've become an expert. And I want ordinary citizens like me to become experts, because if you don't become experts, we're losing our democracy. You must understand civics. Can you explain what needs to be done to get rid of the filibuster, and if it is actually a possibility. It needs to be voted on by, by the Senate and it takes just a majority rule to overcome the filibuster. As I understand it, I must say I've not read, I haven't, I haven't examined the whole history of the filibuster. I, is it a simple majority or is the a simple majority as yes. I understand it? Yes, if all 50 Democrats would support removing the filibuster on Voting Rights Act acts in particular, then the Republican Party would not have any defense to the to defeating the Voting Rights Act. Can you do uh, it specifically to one uh, law? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they already did that with the judicial appointment. Originally, you could filibuster judicial appointments, and then the uh, Obama court uh, or the Obama administration removed that jun juncture on lower courts, and then McConnell and the Republicans removed it on the Supreme Court. So it, it could be done selectively and I think should be done for voting rights because what's more critical than a democracy than voting rights? Absolutely so why agree. Why don't they do it? The problem, the reason that they don't do it is that they're afraid the Republicans will do the same thing to them when the Republicans are in power. They already did. You know what, they, they actually are the ones who stopped uh, Obama's uh, appointment and now they're going in and and they're <clears throat> defeating democracy we have to we can't have it both ways i think we have to get rid of the filibuster as far as i'm concerned we should get rid of the filibuster because i don't feel and the other thing one of the uh, one mm. of the cynics has said why doesn't california divide into two states and and we need to get district of columbia to become a state can you imagine a nation this capital with over 700,000 people who do not have their own senator? Didn't that get shot down yeah. with D.C. being a state? 
I'm sorry. I think uh, they tried to have DC be in a state and, and someone shot it down, maybe the Supreme Court. No, 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 no. I, I think it's simply it takes in order to you need two thirds of the, I believe you need two thirds of of Congress to uh, to vote. And once they vote, if they vote for it, then it goes in, which is why it's so important that we act immediately on the filibuster, because because if let's say Utah or one of these states divides into God almighty, we're or, you know, we'll be lost. I'm sorry, I'm talking so much because I really, really believe in this. I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in trying to find out, and and the book didn't really go into this at all. If if Trump is not hopefully going to be the Republican candidate in 2024, who who would possibly be put forward in the Republican Party? Uh, that that I, I think that's irrelevant to the issue because that's 2024. We have 2022 happening. 2022 is where democracy is going to live or die. And if 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 people don't grasp that fact, mm-hmm. uh, then we've lost democracy. Don't worry about 2024. 2024 won't happen if the way the Republicans are currently going. You must appreciate that. Uh, a lot can happen before that. Yeah. Yeah. But how 2024? Someone who's in a Trump frame of mind in 2024. Republicans are, they don't even want democracy anymore. They're not going to put forth anyone good. If 2022, though, the House goes strongly GOP, which it looks like it might, and with the gerrymandering and voter laws change, then basically 2024 doesn't matter. I think that's what Alice is getting at a bit because if if the if the House controls is controlled strongly by the GOP in 2022, and they win decently, even if they just win by one, probably. But the bigger the win, the worse the problem will be because then they can usurp everything going into 2024, and all bets are off. Because you know, so basically, I agree with Alice, and and so discussing who might be candidates in 2024 is kind of a non-starter if we don't have democracy and some barriers put into place really fast. Alice, I have a question for you. Knowing what you know, is it possible to take the laws that the Republicans are trying to make happen in each state that they're making it happen? Is it possible for the Democratic Party to look at each state and what they're being told they cannot do and work around that to communicate with Democrats in each state in a way that will be able to overcome this specific issue? The answer is Article 1.4 of the Constitution says that if otherwise Congress may amend or enact an act to overcome any state legislative action when it comes to times, places, and manner. That's why Article 1.4, the elections clause, is so important. Okay, so just to explain how it's worked in the past, uh, many conservative states try to enact unique uh, voter registration laws in every single state. 
1992, the U.S. Congress acted and passed the National Voter Registration Act, which established a single form for every single state. And the only questions you could ask were your address, the last four digits of your social security number, or your or your state ID number, sure. or and you could and if you were homeless, it said how you register as a homeless person, and you could not ask any other facts: your name, your address, and the date of birth, and the state you were born in, and what other state you were registered in before, so they could pass that information on to another state and remove you from the voter registration. That is the National Voter Registration Act, and it applies to every single federal act. So some states tried to enact that you had to register twice, once for the state and once for the federal government. And that was denied in a, I forget the, the uh, case name, because it was too burdensome on the voters. And so under the, under the uh, Voting Rights Act, and under the National Voter Registration Act, we have federal laws which supersede state laws in many respects. But the Supreme Court, in its wisdom, under Shelby County, ruled that part of the act, uh, Section 4 was of the Voting Rights Act, was out of date and therefore was too burdensome on the 50 states when it required those states had had to have preclearance, and the preclearance formula was ruled unconstitutional by Roberts and five, five members of the court, including Roberts, whose majority opinion was that Congress needed to, it was out of date. The fact that it had been reenacted for 25 years by Congress four or five years before Shelby was ignored by this man because he does not believe in one person, one vote and every vote counted. And if you don't understand, you must read these cases. Just read the head notes if you need to, but you need to read three cases and you'll understand why Congress has to act. You must read Rucho, R-U-C-H-O. You must read Shelby County and you must read the Arizona redistricting case, because in that case, where Ginsburg had the majority opinion, the minority opinion written by Roberts said that because Article 1.4 did not say that the voters of a state could establish independent uh, voting commissions, that it was unconstitutional because Congress hadn't said you needed to have independent redistricting commissions. The people in that state had voted and so you have a man who does not believe in the 14th Amendment, and he believes in a strict interpretation of the Constitution. And if we don't act now and pass the under Article 1.4, that is the article. That is the most important article. It's the Elections Clause. And if we don't pass that law now, we will not have one person, one vote, and every vote counted. And if that isn't what you believe for America, then you better just forget telephoning in. Nancy, you're doing a nice job, but it's irrelevant into those states because calling them up is not going to help a person who doesn't have a birth certificate where they're now requiring you to have a birth certificate in order to register to vote. And sorry, not to register to vote, but in order to vote. 
understand to register to vote, you don't need a birth certificate, but in order to vote, you need to. And that is the distinction. That's why we need to have a federal law, which applies to every single person voting in a federal election. What is the times, places, and manner? If you want more information about this, go to the Brennan Center or Ballopedia. Those are the two resources which will give you what you need. The freedom to vote is fundamental to all of our freedoms. Following the 2020 elections in which more Americans voted than ever before in the middle of a public health crisis, we have seen unprecedented attacks on our democracy in states across the country. These strategies in state after state are to make it harder to vote and easier to cheat. Well, I'll tell you what this bill does that we're talking about today, the freedom to vote bill, it makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat. This bill will set a baseline of protections for voters across the country with common sense, proven reforms that have already been successfully implemented in blue and red states across the country. It's about ensuring that these mass efforts at disenfranchisement that that reach their most vivid flowering in the violent attack on our capital don't occur. And that people have the ability to get access to a ballot and to have confidence that their ballot will be counted with integrity. Shame on us if we allow the people's voices to be silenced in this chamber. Voting rights are preservative of all other rights. Right now, the right to vote is under attack. Our democracy is in a 9-1-1 emergency. We must act now. Thank you, Alice. And everything Alice said is right. Article 1, Section 4, Constitution gives the federal government power to regulate elections for federal office. And they did that because they were afraid that some states would use restrictive voting rules, would not participate, or would it, we can't have a country where one state decides they're going to have a democracy and another state decides, oh, we're going to have a dictatorship. It doesn't work that way. So, and also one of the things that I wanted to point out is that Trump, and I don't know how much you caught, Trump wanted to bring in the 82nd Airborne to suppress the protesters in Lafayette Square. He wanted to bring in the military to go in streets and suppress and violently suppress the protests across the country. And he wanted the military. And that's one reason why I think Milley was involved in really trying to prevent Trump from being able to use the military in that way. And that may be a reason why we had such a light response. They didn't want to look like they were having a military conflict. They wanted they took all the wrong lessons from Lafayette Square. Every person has to stand and defend voting rights. Voting should be for all people. Voting rights are under attack like we have not seen since the days of Jim Crow. Now is the time to ensure national standards that will protect and expand our access to the ballot. Mr. President, we demand voting rights now. There is no excuse 
to not pass voting rights reform. All other rights depend on the right to vote. It is the number one issue of our times at this moment. Get this done. What do we want? What do we want? Just over 100 years ago, brave women stood on this very spot with much the same message that we delivered today. Full and equal voting rights for all. Fellas, women are going to lead the way. Stay with us, follow the message, keep on keeping on, and we are going to fight this good fight.